BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I see the fun. I see the fun. The Diary of Jeff Kirkman. I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast episode 258. Yeah, this one's going to be weird because I recorded it before midterms. So, yeah, I remember when uh, I listened to podcasts the week of the general election in 2016. Uh, I hadn't thought about when people recorded them, so I'm like, ah. Well, I'm certainly feeling like shit today and what a terrible week it's been for those of us who didn't want Donald Trump to be president. And well, I'm going to listen to my favorite podcast. And then they're like, everyone get out and vote. I'm like, oh, shut up. It was recorded in a time, in such an innocent time. So I apologize. apologize. I apologize for not knowing what's going to happen as I record this. I'm assuming the caravan has already arrived and that we've all been slaughtered. Oh, the invasion. Go to iTunes, give I Seem Fun five stars and definitely subscribe. Oh my God, my new merchandise store at Public every sale benefits an independent designer jenkirkman.com click shop for all of the info mation and guess what my album is out my fucking album is out batch that's right just keep living bonus 17 minute track i think i called it behind the joke where i explain what bits were like kind of exaggerated, what was true, what I thought, bleep, blah, blue. I think you'll love it. It's a way to give you guys something extra for buying something you have already seen. You know what I'm saying? So you can, you can get it on iTunes or on Amazon. Or if you go to um, my record label, uh, which is called a special thing records, but their website is astrecords.com. Then you can get my album there. And what you will get if you buy it um, hard copy is you get a digital download card sent to you, but you get one of my I Meditated Today Motherfucker uh, posters that I have signed. And so that's a little extra if you want to buy the hard copy. So go to astrecords.com for that. And I'll, I'll put it on my website too, um, jenkirkman.com. And it would be under jenkirkman.com. Click comedy albums. How does that sound for you, batches? It sounds great. Yeah, jenkirkman.com. Click albums. And I'll have all the different links. All the different links for you. Um. 
Okay, kids. So, oh, and what else? Oh, I don't fucking know. I've already done my show in Brooklyn. I hope that went well. Congrats to me and to everyone who came out. I need you people to get tickets to Sacramento. I am pulling teeth to get tickets. It's such a tough place to sell tickets. I forgot. But last Mars Day, I think it sold out. Or I can't remember. But um, Sacramento, San Francisco is like getting close. We're almost at, we're almost there. I need like 100 more for San Francisco. Those could go quickly. Sacramento, same thing. I need like 100 more. But those are going slower. JenKirkman.com, click tour dates. I will not be back to those areas in 2019 because I'm just coming now. So get off your butts. Saturday, November 10th, Sunday, November 11th. And then, of course, San Diego, November 18th, just one show. It's a small venue, American Comedy Company, and it's actually tickets are moving. So I wouldn't wait on that. My Christmas show, oh, my God, it's just going to be craziness, crazier than crazy. And that is weirdly selling very well already. That's December 6th. I would not wait on that. It's going to sell out probably within three weeks. So, um, jenkirkman.com. Click tour dates for everything. Boop. And I'm part of the All Things Comedy Network. Go to allthingscomedy.com and check out all the other great podcasts. All right. Well, did everyone have a nice Halloween I ended up putting up my decorations and I didn't even mean to. Like it was, you know, I think I described this last week when I talked about putting up my tree. At a certain point, it just becomes like, look, I know I'm going to have to do this eventually and I'm not going to have a tree trimming party. It's not some kind of like, when you live alone, it starts to become more like, now it's time for the winter decor. You know, it has that kind of vibe to it. There's not like an event around it or I'm so filled with the holiday spirit. It's more just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I work 50 jobs. I travel all the time. Like when's the best day for me to do this? And for me, it was actually Halloween day because in Los Angeles, it's something of a holiday Halloween. I mean, it really like, no, I feel like probably people work from home that day. Um, it, it almost feels like show business shuts down. It, it was just like, I knew I wouldn't be getting like, like, let me give you an example. I booked this job in New York, just a quick little thing for the sci-fi network. Great. Okay. I'm going to go do it when I'm there. And then I'm like, oh, I have such a busy week. This was last week. Like my week is so busy. I have something every hour. And then it's like the sci-fi network needs to do a conference call. So it's like, Fine. I have an hour free between things that I was going to use to do something else, but fine. Oh, and then I decided I want to do this thing. Caroline's Comedy Club wants to, they're doing a documentary about comedians and moms and comedians who have moms. And I'll do a quick interview with them. Yeah, throw that into my schedule. I'll do it after I do a hard stern wrap-up show. Oh, well, they need to have all these things from you before you do it. Oh, okay. Oh, I did a photo shoot last week for this clothing company and other stories. That was super fun. That'll be coming out soon. And it's like, oh, but then you have to write like a 50-page essay. So it's like things just pop up when you do random jobs. So any given day of the week, I wake up. That's why I love to get up at 6 a.m. because I'm up on East Coast time. And I just brace myself for like not having the free morning I thought I was going to have where it's like requests come in for these like weird little things I have to do. So I knew nothing was coming in on Halloween. I knew it like noon, it's already like time to start leaving work on the East Coast 
and just I didn't seem to be hearing from anyone in LA and like West Hollywood like completely shuts down like as the because there's a giant parade and so nobody's around and I just went I have three hours where I don't think anyone's going to contact me I have shit to do but let me just get this the fuck out of the way and and that's the spirit in which I put up my Christmas decorations I wasn't negative about it it was just like this is when I have time and it's a little weird but like I feel like people need to get over it it's like I'm gonna be gone 18 days in November and probably 10 days in December. So 28 days of a, you know, the next two months, I'll not be home. And if I say that 28, let's just say I put up my tree when you're supposed to the weekend after Thanksgiving. Well, I'm not going to be home most of the time to appreciate it. So this 40 day period, I'm gone 28 of them. But if I put up the thing and I'm, it's a 60 day period and I'm gone 28 out of that. Well, I still get, you do the math. (laughs) I was going to try to do it real quick. 32 days, right? That's how I look at it. Why am I still explaining myself after all these fucking years? People are still giving me shit about it. It's like, I'm super PMS today. So I'm like actually taking it really personally. And I'm sure it's people just making little comments on Instagram, but I'm like, fuck, get over it. Unfollow, block, goodbye. I don't care. Bye. <laughs> I, I, oh, by the time you hear this, my PMS will be over. But, um, unless I break and I just stay in a permanent state of PMS, PMS, permanent mental psycho without the P. <laughs> um, so that's what I did. And and you know what? It was so right that I did it. I feel so good because, it, of course, as always, it forced me to do a little bit of like tidying up in this closet that I, I mean, my closet is like perfect and it's everything's in bins with little labels, but it even just, I don't know, it just helped me do stuff. And I actually like don't feel like I have too many decorations up. I feel like, should I have more? But it's it's because, like I said on, the, on my advice podcast, it's all the same color scheme, like white and gold and silver, that it just looks very natural. And you're like, oh, yeah, wait, that is a little table of Christmas decorations. Like, if you just look really quick, it just looks like, you know. So I'll take pictures of every nook and cranny, and I'll put them up on um, – our little Facebook group. If you want to join the private Facebook group, you can just go to um, the Twitter account for I Seem Fun Podcast at I Seem Fun Podcast or the Facebook, facebook.com slash I Seem Fun Podcast. And on both pages, you'll find the link to join the secret closed Facebook group. That's for I Seem Fun Podcast. But anyway, so, you know, the thing is I have a million like little candles everywhere. Some are LED, some are real And then a ton of like fairy lights. So it's like I have to go and turn on like 10 different things. And like the tree doesn't go on at night. Like all the the lights for the holiday, I'm not going to light them until it's like closer to the holiday times. You know what I mean? So it's like they're up, but they're sort of dormant, if that makes sense. But it is so annoying. Like I thought it was funny to put on my Instagram stories on Halloween night just pictures of my, some of the Christmas stuff. And I just heard happy Halloween and people are like, what about Thanksgiving? It's like, what about it, bitch? What about Thanksgiving? What are the decorations for that? I don't have a kid, so I'm not going to put a picture of a turkey 
in crayon on the fridge. I don't eat turkey. Well, not that people put out turkeys on their table. <laughs> That's the tradition. You put out a real turkey on your table and it just, <laughs> the carcass rots for one week. But yeah, there's like what leaves and foliage and I got to tell you, it just doesn't feel the same in Los Angeles. I, Christmas has a, once your place looks like Christmas, it just feels right. But what, what am I going to put fake leaves on the floor? Like what are Thanksgiving decorations? Corn on the cobs and cornucopias everywhere. I just don't like that look. And it's not worth it because I'm not going to be here on Thanksgiving. I'm going to be gone that whole week. So it's like decor, like just shut up. Just shut up. There's no Thanksgiving season. There's Thanksgiving Day. So if I were home, no, I did Thanksgiving at my house once and it was still decorated for Christmas, but there were Thanksgiving things too. Look, just let me live, people. It all starts too early. That whole argument is people literally in hysterics. It's going too fast for me. So don't participate. Like People, people, calm down. Let people have the fucking joy in their life. I don't understand what it's your problem. Anyway, so Halloween night. Went to my buddy Chris Frangelo's house. As I was getting there, his wife Liz was frantically driving away um, to get more candy. And he's like, it's gone crazy. Like, we're already running out. And then she came home with like 50 bags. And Chris was like, well, that's too much. But it wasn't. We ran out. Literally, the last people that came had like a Tootsie Roll. And um, it was so interesting. His neighborhood... It was two hours nonstop. It wasn't what I remember as a kid where you sit inside and maybe you're watching TV or you're in the kitchen, you know, having some whatever you do, pumpkin seeds, and then the doorbell rings and you open the door, trick or treat. There was none of that. It's like you sat on the porch and people were nonstop coming. I mean, I would say hundreds of kids came, hundreds. And if you tried to go inside, it would be 14 seconds before someone would be at the door. And um, I brought this little pumpkin with a crow on it that was motion sensitive. And when you walked by it, it would go, I'm crazy. And I put it like on the ground next to their porch. And what I forgot was like, Little kids that are like three feet and under would walk by and get really scared or just, (laughs) I enjoyed it. I didn't like laugh like, ha ha, they got scared. But I was like, ooh, fun. Like someone is actually affected by something that I put out for Halloween. I know that sounds fucked up, but um, it was fun. I mean, of course, like I didn't understand half the costumes, you know, I'm like, is that guy a butler? And it was like, no, he was slender man, you know, and then. This one girl, I was like, I think she's a gypsy, but is that politically incorrect to just say to a child, are you a gypsy? Because that's like a slur, you know, but we didn't, I mean, a gypsy is such an 80s costume. Like, I'm a gypsy. Like, oh, you know, so I said to this girl, are you a fortune teller? She's like, I'm a gypsy. I'm like, I know we still did that. Um, I'm still glad I didn't guess it. Then, <laughs> but then like, oh, it was just What was interesting to me was I haven't really had the opportunity. I think the last time I had people come to the door was when I was living in West Hollywood and and my apartment was like ground level and people came to the door, but it was like, I'm telling you, when was this? Six years ago? People were very shy. They would like barely speak. 
And this was more neighborhoody, and the parents were dressed up too, and everybody was really sweet, and it was like every single ethnicity on earth. And it just for like two shining hours seemed like a perfect world. It was like, look at this beautiful world. I mean, I was literally getting emotional. I was like, do you guys feel that this is like America's so beautiful? <laughs> They were like, yeah, I mean, we all kind of were feeling it. I don't know what this generation is called of like 12 and under. But I have faith. They seem like real good kids. They were all making eye contact. They were saying thank you. They were answering questions. <laughs> like Chris's wife, Liz, she was like, she's like, this one kid was dressed as Luigi. A lot of Luigi uh, of Mario Brothers of Super Mario Brothers. And I was like, but no Mario's, just Luigi. Is he like in style again? Like, I don't even know what's happening. Is that game still a thing? Is there a new version? What's going on? So she says to him, do you have a friend dressed like Mario? And I'm like, listen, shh. And she's like, what? I'm like, don't. <laughs> then finally the kid goes, well, my grandpa's dressed like him. He's at home though. And I'm like, thank God. I'm like, we were dying laughing. And we're like, what if he's like, I have no friends. <laughs> I wish I did, lady. But um, the kids were answering questions. And a lot of them just stood there. And we were like, do you want more candy? And they were like, no, I want you to ask what I am. This one girl's like, I'm a bumblebee. They, everyone just had so much personality, but not in a shitty, annoying way. And I just was like, who are these kids? This generation Thank you. I'm so glad that you guys will be looking after me in my old age because I don't, you know, again, like you blew it. <laughs> you know, I'm just fucking with the millennials, but you blew it. I don't know what happened to you guys. I think this new generation is going to actually be more old school in that sense. They're going to know how to look people in the eye, but also they are going to use computers and stuff. I don't know. I just make shit up based on, I see children for the first time in my life for two hours. I'm like, well, America, I've got it all figured out. I know who you are. I know what's going on. Don't even listen to me. I'm just some old lady who sits on her couch and talks into a podcast machine. And that's right. It's a podcast machine. And I pontificate. But I got to tell you, I was moved. Everyone was so fucking sweet. Everyone said thank you. People were even forgetting to say trick or treat. And when they would, then they would say happy. Like one point we just kind of, you know, like you're kind of half paying attention. They're like trick or treat. You're like, here's some candy. Oh, what are you, a bumblebee? Oh, great. And as I walk away, we go happy Halloween. I just remember this one kid stopped turning and went, you have a happy Halloween. And I was like, oh my God, the kids are so nice. This one girl said to Liz, I love your shirt. It was just like a blouse. It wasn't like ex a Halloween shirt or anything. Just like complimenting the grownups. Like that's an amazing bowl you guys have. Like <laughs> maybe an adult said that because who notices bowls? But um, it was so sweet. I just, I seriously was tearing up. I'm like, who gets emotional handing out candy? JK. JK does. Um, speaking of video games, so I am doing this thing for Sci-Fi Network, probably taping it right now as you're listening. 
And they were like vintage video games. That was just, that's all I knew. Do you want to do this thing? Vintage video games. How much does it pay? This. Yeah, sounds great. Okay, I go, I get on the conference call today. They're like, you know, we're just going to talk about these. And I'm thinking they're going to say Pac-Man and fucking, you know, they're like games you played as a kid. I'm like, totally. So then they're like, we're going to play this blah, blah game from 1992. And we just want to know, like, when you would be at recess, would you talk about that game? I'm like, recess? 1992, I voted for Bill Clinton. I was a grown-ass teenage woman <laughs> going to college. Video games. I mean, recess. I, and I just went, hey, guys. Like, I was on a conference call, and you know when you're on a conference call, like, there's a time lag, and then they can't hear you, and it's like five people talking at once. I go, guys, guys, I'm old. Do you not know that? Like, I didn't have recess in 1992. And they were like, oh, yeah, that's fine. It could even be really funny that you're just learning these games now and we can get your perspective. I'm like, I'm sure they were like, oh, God, why did we even hire this girl? But I was like, guys, I can promise you that I will be funny. It will be great. It won't matter that I wasn't having. They're like, no, it's totally fine. I was the one getting like, okay, don't fire me. I mean, it'd be fine if they did, I guess. But um. Why is my album not doing this? Why do I only have the live version of this? No, that's not right. I need the non-live version of of this. Uh, you guys are like, what, you should have had a song queued up? Yes, I should have. Yes, I should have. But I didn't. Well, you believe in Okay, here she goes. So they're like, recess. I'm like, recess? This is the only recess I had in 92. Sorry. Jen, what's Jen's podcast like? Um, one time she just put um, School by Nirvana on in the background. Oh, that's from Bleach, right? Yeah. Well, what was she talking about? Oh, she stopped talking. She just played the song. Was that fun? No, we could barely hear it. And she played the remastered 20th anniversary edition. It didn't sound as, um, as well, grunge, frankly. Well, then what'd she do? Well, then she kept trying to find a way to keep listening to the song, so she talked over it, but we can tell she just wanted to end the podcast and go listen to records. Oh, why does she even do a podcast? I don't know. I don't know why. She does have advertisers, so maybe it's more of a financial thing at this point. But don't people hate listening to ads? Of course they do. Oh, well, good luck to her. Yeah, yeah, no, she's great. She's a great girl. You just stand here on the corner and advertise her podcast? Yeah, I'm really old school. I'm from... um. I'm, a, I'm zero to 12 years old, and I'm, I'm from that generation. What generation? Well, Jen was talking about it. We, we, we look people in the eye, and we're almost analog. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, it was a fun little segment, wasn't it? No Reese's. Jen, if, look it. Pick a side. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, 
Red Sox won the World Series. Ooh, ooh. Oh, I already talked about that. I'll take it back. What series? Um. I had a listener call me on some hypocrisy. Oh my god! Oh my god! But I don't think he was right, and he apologized. Not that he needed to. Not that he needed to. Um. Okay. So peeps and deeps. Um, is there anything fun going on that I could, I could read to you about? Um, oh, I thought this was kind of cool. Um, it's about a wild country party in Australia. Okay, this is from the New York Times. Deniliquin, Australia. I've never heard of it. It's been called the most debauched outdoor party in Australia. A wild, rollicking weekend where rural masculinity is on display and beer and banter flow endlessly. But for the Thompsons, the event carries more weight and meaning. They first went to the party, the Denny Oot Mooster. I don't know how, how I'm saying it. Three years ago, not long after losing their son Brian to suicide. Brian's mother, Lynn Thompson, said she just knew it was his kind of festival. She pulled some faded pictures from her wallet, showing a son who had been eager to grow up, she said, a tall 24-year-old bricklayer raising three children in a small town in Australia with a heavy burden of responsibility. When we're here, he's with us, she said. When we're anywhere, he's with us, but especially here. Here is Deniliquin, a small farming town in rural New South Wales, where thousands of people from around Australia come for a weekend outdoor festival built around the Ute, America's beloved utility truck. Conceived of 20 years ago as a way of giving the local economy a lift, the festival, or muster, has become a juggernaut of rural identity. Almost 20,000 people attended last weekend's muster, which featured Carrie Underwood, the American country music star. And yet, even as it draws somewhat cliched coverage, this year's scandal involved someone pouring beer down the throat of a dead bird. <laughs> the mooster, muster, I don't know which one it is, has continued to quietly evolve. For many who come every year, it has become a gathering that ignites love and fights loneliness, where generosity, support, and anger about an urbanizing, globalizing world all come together on a flat, dry plain far from any major city. Um, we're not just a music festival, said Vicki Laurie, the, the Ute Musters general manager. It is a celebration of rural Australia. It brings it all together. I hope I'm not reading like the equivalent of the Australian version of when the New York Times writes like, who are the forgotten Trump supporters? Like they're not forgotten. That's all you write about. But I, it, it sounds, they said there was something about mental health in this. That's why I wanted to read it. This year in particular, as Deniliquin and a wide swath of the country struggle with a worsening drought, a clear issue emerged amid the sea of crude humor and a Kubra hats, mental health. It was in the hashtag do it for Dolly shirts that some wore in memory of a teenage girl and former Akubra hat model who committed suicide this year after being bullied. 
It was also in the jumble of messages on a banner labeling a campsite penetration station, <laughs> while also noting hashtag it ain't weak to speak, all in loving memory of an 18-year-old who died last year. Research shows that farmers are among those at highest risk of suicide in Australia, and people living in remote areas take their own lives at twice the rate of those in the cities. It is interesting how global warming is going to start fucking up. Like, that drought is not not global warming, and that's affecting people's way of life. And, I mean, the impact of global warming is so insidious, and it's everything, you know. And, yeah. I got bullied for talking about it in school 30 years ago. And then I got bullied by a, by 25-year-olds this year for telling me my generation didn't do enough about it. A lot of us were trying. Um, and then we address some toxic masculinity in this article. It is particularly bad, many say, among men in those areas who are expected to live up to an ideal of good-humored, unwavering masculinity. That Aussie ideal was on display even before the festivities officially started as young men arrived in utes, cramped with camping gear and beer, honking, whooping, and waving from the windows. If I drove by that or walked by that, I would be shitting a brick. More, more than this alleged caravan of foreigners with diseases, which of course I know isn't anything that Trump says it is, but I'm just telling you, it's always like, you know, What white men fear is so different than what women fear. Uh, by last Friday morning, the area was blanketed with dust as Utes skidded around in circles with judges awarding points for skill and crowd reaction. <laughs> Among the fans was a group of young men and women from a rural part of the state of Victoria. They had made bets on how many children would be conceived this time at the festival. I was being nice and said a thousand this year, said Carly Mitchell, 20. I'm just laughing at some of the outfits. Uh, many of their fathers were prone to bottling their emotions, they said, but among themselves, there was a greater awareness of mental health issues, and technology, they said, was essential in their support networks. For some, the kind of communication fostered by internet access is hard to come by. At a bull riding pen where young cowboys in bright shirts and white hats greased their ropes, I met Kurt Jamison, 24, who said he lived in a remote 1,600-acre cattle station where until recently there was no Wi-Fi. Sometimes he said he would go two weeks without seeing another person. Imagine that and no Wi-Fi. Oh, girl. You end up talking to yourself, he said, as he leaned on the white gate bordering the bullpen. You talk to your dogs. For a few months last year, he said his depression worsened and he began drinking to cope with loneliness, but said he was used to hiding his feelings. Even at school, I was the school clown, but inside I was hating it, he said. Brett Emery, 24, was with some friends in the Ute paddock, a sprawling maze of campsites, scaring passersby with a rubber snake. <laughs> he said he had found another way to cope online. You've got to go on the bloke's advice. I guess that's a website. After the suicide of a relative, he posted a message to the Facebook group, which has members from across Australia, offering his ear to anyone needing a listener. A man from Western Australia who was struggling with the loss of his partner responded. I just messaged him back saying, mate, everything's going to be all right, he said, a beer in hand. He stayed in touch with the man just to see how things are going. They just think we're all ferals, he said, referring to people who saw the festival as nothing more than a rowdy beer fest. But really, you come here, it's just good atmosphere. It's lovely. 
The festival's endurance may lie in its adaptability. In the last few years, it has leaned toward being more family-focused, inviting a wider scope of musicians and providing more activities. It has also limited the amount of alcohol allowed in and is now working more closely with the local police. Um, We've had to evolve and move with the times, said the festival's general manager. Many of the farmers who attended looked pleased, though in some cases the openness seemed limited to the festival itself. Feelings of discontent were evident among the crowd, which was overwhelmingly white. More than a few people had tags on their hats with a pointed message, our land, our country, our way. Mm, Right? I knew it. In some conversations, pride and struggle had a way of edging into populist nationalism. It's called racism. This is the worst season of drought we've had for a long time. How many nations overseas have offered aid to our farmers, said Jamie Hyde, an ex-serviceman with a bear tattoo in his arm and an Amazon Kindle in his thigh. You don't sit there and help someone else out if your foot is crumbling, if your footing is crumbling beneath you, he added. Mm. Mr. Hyde, who said he voted for Senator Pauline Hanson, Australia's main right-wing populist politician, said that he does not have a problem with immigration, but immigrants should be aware that they are Australian first and foremost, he said. Okay. Later that night, Ms. Underwood, the American country star, sang of Cowboys, Mothers, Love, and Land. For those at the show, just being with so many people from similar backgrounds seemed to be a relief. There were no cows to be milked and no sheep to be shorn, no drought to worry over. Thousands of people roamed the Ute paddock. Dozens of fires sent up black smoke as men revved their Utes until they backfired. You know, the trucks are the best thing for the environment, which is why you have the drought, which is why things, you know, I'm just saying, just saying. It's kind of like a festival where snakes eat their tails. More quietly, men and women in scuffed jeans could be seen taking pictures of the sunset and offering each other beers. They cheered as a woman in a pink vest who produced a pair of bagpipes began playing Amazing Grace. This is my main family. This is a family section to me, Reese Martini said. Uh as he stood in front of his ute, which had a row of bras across the bumper. Real brothers and sisters here. Oh, that's the whole article. This is the shittiest article I've ever read. And then it ends with, if you or someone you know needs help, support can be found in your area by clicking here, the International Association for Suicide Prevention. I mean, that's great. But like, I thought it was going to be a deeper article about like toxic masculinity. It's like it touched on that. And then it was just like, here's the, here's some, some nationalists saying something like, Fuck you. This is like the worst article I've ever read. Ugh. Well, I'm glad we enjoyed that together. I thought it was going to be inspiring, and it was more just like a quick snapshot of a day in the life. But like f- literally fuck you. Um, but speaking of which, I mean, community is a really important part of, you know, of life, I suppose is what I was going to say. But... Thank God you have internet access because that's all you need to get help these days. That's right. We are thanking my favorite sponsor, Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. All you need is a computer with internet connection or the Talkspace mobile app. It means you can improve your mental health even if you've had trouble making time for it in the past. You can get something off your chest whenever you need to. Talk about challenges at work or at home or the fact that you don't have work and you don't like where you live. Chat about life. No, There's no commutes. You don't have to leave the office and have everyone wonder why you take an extra long lunch on Tuesdays. 
And as always, there are no judgments, which there wouldn't be from your therapist anyway, but you don't have to worry about insurance. And now let's do it. We are in the holiday season. You are going to be dealing with all of the same holiday problems. And I know you guys, you write letters to me on the podcast asking for advice. Talkspace, you guys, talkspace.com slash Jen. That's one N and Jen. T-A-L-K-S-P-A-C-E dot com slash Jen. Here's what's going to happen. Use code Jen and you will get $45 off of your first month. That's Jen at Talkspace.com slash Jen. They have over 2,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing the life challenges that we all face. It's not just about venting your innermost thoughts or digging into childhood memories. Therapy is about practical everyday strategies for stress management and living a happier life. I mean, it can be both. Having a therapist means you have a designated person for you to talk to, who you match with, who is trained to listen, and helps you make positive changes. Talkspace.com slash Jen. Use offer code Jen to show your support for this podcast. But more importantly, save yourself 45 bucks a month. And everybody, we've got my favorite thing, Quip Toothbrush. I've got a Quip Toothbrush. I love it. Here's what you're going to do right now. You're going to go to getquip.com slash fun, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash fun. It is a subscription service, toothbrush and toothpaste. It is an electric toothbrush. Now, Quip has combined dentistry and design to make a better electric toothbrush. I have one in rose gold. It is very sleek looking. It is not bulky like all those other things. It doesn't have plugs and cords and you have to plug it in. In fact, it even has a really cool mount. You can just mount it right on your bathroom mirror and then remove it. And that mount doubles as a cover and you take it with you when you travel. And you're supposed to brush your teeth for full two minutes. What Quip has is this little sensor. It's like it buzzes. Every time you're supposed to change the quadrant of your mouth because it's a vibrating toothbrush. So it'll, it'll stop vibrating for a second and you know that you need to switch to another part. And everybody knows you're supposed to change your toothbrush every three months. Who can keep track of the time? With Quip, that's part of your subscription. You will get sent on a de- dentist recommended schedule delivering new brush heads every three months for just five bucks. And that includes free shipping worldwide, people. Quip is backed by a network of over 10,000 dental professionals, including dentists, hygienists, and dental students. It was named one of Time Magazine's best invention of the year. Again, getquip.com slash fun, and it starts at just $25. But if you go to getquip.com slash fun right now, you get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com dot com slash fun again you don't have to worry about getting new brush heads or toothpaste it's delivered right to your door on schedule so you can replace your brush on time and the toothpaste is fresh it strengthens your teeth and it's minty clean people it's for people who want to make their lives easier and keep up with simple habits it's been called the apple and tesla of toothbrushes Okay. So, you know, I listen, I listen, I listen to your emails. Oi, help me. She losing her mind today. So I got a listener email from a gentleman named, uh, I'll just say Tony. That's okay. He said, I love your podcast. 
I was listening to an episode the other day where you were offering advice to a gay listener, and I found it disarming that in the next breath, on a different topic, you suggested men should only listen to women about their experiences and not offer their advice and suggestions to them. I totally agree with this. That's not my issue. What I found interesting is that as a straight woman, you are totally comfortable offering advice to a gay man about his own predicament. I am a gay man from an ethnic minority and believe the level of sensitivity we are seeking for women, i.e. active listening, needs to be applied to all minorities that are being discriminated against. This is not a criticism, but I think we all need to be a little more mindful about the complexity and intersectionality of these issues. So I read that and I was flipping the dick out. I'm like, what is he fucking talking about? I wrote back and forth with Tony and as it turned out, he was like, Talking about the episode, and I don't know what I was saying about men don't give women advice, but whenever I'm saying men don't give women advice, I'm talking about unsolicited mansplaining. When I am pumping gas and a man runs over and makes me feel stupid and unsafe and grabs the pump out of my hand, like I've always said, I read those segments where women talk about the everyday sexism that isn't being hit on. When I had a diesel car... I was pumping my gas with diesel gas and a guy grabbed the thing and said, you have to use diesel. I said, this is diesel. And he's, and I would tweet about it and people go, he was just helping. I'm like, men, straight men. Have you ever had a straight man come up to you until you weren't pumping gas correctly and he could help? I doubt that's ever happened to you. Straight men, have you ever had the urge to go up to a straight man and take a gas pump out of his hand? Or did you think, I'll probably get fucking bashed in the face if I did that? You see what I'm saying? I never would go around going, hey, people of color or uh, different religions than, than me and gays, l- let me give you some advice. He made it seem like, this is why I was so upset. It's like, I can be so misrepresented so easily because you're half listening to me while you do other things while you listen to the podcast. I'm not like, so that's why you should just sit and be wrapped with attention. But it's like, this is this kind of stuff that makes me not want to do a podcast anymore where it's like, dude, A gay man wrote into me to ask my opinion. Am I not supposed to answer a listener email because he's gay? And go, oh, well, I can't answer it because he's gay. He was the guy that asked me, hey, I've got an older lady friend who is a Trump supporter and who thinks that the Me Too movement isn't, you know, good for women. He specifically asked me, I'm a gay man, so I don't know what I should think about an older woman who doesn't like the Me Too movement. How can I, as a man, tell her what to do? So I gave the guy advice based on, well, I'm not all the minorities. I'm certainly the cis and straight and white, and but I'm a woman, so I'm in one minority. And, you know, people who, who in my life who voted for Trump voted against my best interest. Here's how I handled it. And I made sure to say 50 million times, I know you're gay and I know there's other minorities and everyone might have a different thing. You asked my advice. Here it is. And a listener heard it and thought I was being a hypocrite by giving a gay man advice and told me I need to think about intersectionality and complexity. That's literally all I did in my answer was over and over be like, again, you asked me, here's one way to go. Some people cut people out of their lives. I totally get it. Like I did address that. And so it just, it just hurt me so much. Like dudes, like, come on. Like, can everyone stop? Like, so then, I mean, I was just like, what? Like what the fuck? And, uh, 
then I was like, can you, I couldn't figure out what episode it was. So I was like, what episode are you talking about? And he couldn't find it and he couldn't figure it out. So he couldn't even offer proof of what he was saying. And then I was like, I think it was probably this episode. And then he was like, oh, okay, my bad. I may have heard it out of context. Perhaps I plugged into the topic midway during breaks and listening. Um, sorry if I misinterpreted it. So overall it was fine, but it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's that stuff that really bums me out where it's like, I'm just doing my best on this fucking podcast and I'm sorry if I'm not sensitive at all times to everything. I fucking certainly try to be, but if there's going to be a criticism, like, can it just like, can you just support it? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Oh, great. That's going to be, I'm going to get 50 emails about, oh God, I can't even, you guys, I can't even. Sorry, I told you guys I'm like a little BMSC Desi. I'm a little BMSC Desi. Um, okay. So, here's what's fun. Sorry about that, Tony. I'm, it's not you. It's not you, it's me. But it's seriously, it's like it's, it was just, I know that you, your heart was in the right place for wanting to educate me and you were very kind to me, but it was like, oh, I don't know. I just didn't like it. I didn't overall love that, but I'm glad I wrote you back and you kind of were like, okay. Um, and to the guy I gave advice to, what do you think? What happened here? What happened with the old lady friend? I was just trying, I just try to offer like, different points of view, like, oh, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, because it's a fucking podcast, and I'm trying to be entertaining, and there's one answer that's like, yeah, she's a dumb, fucking stupid twat, and don't be friends with her, and then there's more like, well, look at this, look at that, like, what fosters discussion, what fosters reactions of people, let me, you know, so I'm just trying my goddamn best, so anyway, I'm, uh, I'm sitting here, and somebody on Instagram brings to my attention a podcast called Deck the Hallmark. And it's these three guys who watch Hallmark movies and discuss them. And they do such a great job. They actually reviewed, it's like a 30 to 45 minute podcast. They reviewed a lot of the fall movie ones. And so they, they have like different segments. Like like one guy loves the movies, one guy likes them, and one guy usually hates them. Like that's their overall take going into it. Like, I love this. And another guy's like, I hate these things, but they're making me watch it for the podcast. And yet what's so great about the podcast is that it, it, no one's negative. It's not from a place of like, you know, when people complain too much about things like Hallmark movies, you want to go, well, then why don't you turn it off and go watch, you know, uh, some fancy ass director, you know, we know what they are. They're on television. Calm down. So the person that doesn't like them, oh God, I'm boring myself. The person that doesn't like them is not coming at it from that annoying perspective where you're like, all right, then don't even watch it. It's it's all very, uh, it's not in a spirit of meanness. It It's just from a spirit of absurd exasperation. But then there's segments where they talk about what they liked and it's it's overall very well balanced. And I got so into it and I tweeted at them, I'm obsessed with your podcast. And 
they direct messaged me and said, do you want to be a guest on it? And I was like, how am I the luckiest gal in the world? So I'm going to be a guest on their podcast at some point in the next coming weeks. But what's so funny is I feel these Hallmark movies are getting out of control, like attention now. And like there's podcasts about them. And then this one guy on that website medium is like, I'm going to watch all 33 movies this year. And it's like, I did that. I've been doing that every year. I talk about it on my podcast, but I guess I never like, I did a thing on NPR about it. Um, let me try to find that actually, because it was like a, like I had to write an essay and perform it for people. Oh yeah. Don't judge me. Unfictional radio documentary and storytelling. I did that in February 2016. Um, it was a fun night. It was KCRW. Comic Jen Kirkman loves Hallmark Channel Christmas movies. They look cheap and are badly written, but somehow pack a powerful feminist message. Um, oh, yeah. I talk about one of the movies. I think it ended up being one of my stand-up bits because uh, it's about the woman who... Um, what is this necklace I'm wearing in this photo? What? Sometimes I look back at old outfits. I'm like, what the hell was that? Someone tell me, stop wearing baggy things. It just makes you look big. Um, anywho. I can't find my one. Oh, here it is. But where's my episode? Why isn't it playing? Uh-huh. Oh, here's the link. Okay. I'm going to put this on this. Oh, I did it in Los Angeles? Wow. They really put some words in my mouth. I don't think I said badly written. Oh, these NPR types. Oh, these NPR types. Anyway, I'm really excited about their podcast. And, you know, I know that this podcast seems like it's become all about Hallmark movies, but theirs really is. And if you want more of that, um, you should go over to them because sometimes, sometimes I have to talk about other things because a lot of my listeners are like, I don't know what you're talking about. Shut up. Shut up. So... I hope you liked the advice episode. We've got all of our Christmas questions. So, I mean, if you're if you still want to send more in, it's not like I can't do one by myself, but now I would be uh, you know, if you want like New Year's advice or something, you can write into that. I seem fun at gmail.com. So, let's talk about this. Uh, the world's longest flight, a 19-hour trip between Singapore and New York is back. And it is on Singapore Air's agenda. So, people, let me know what you think of that. Um, would you want to go on a flight? I mean, I've been on a 16, 17-hour flight to Australia. Like, I guess I've, what's two more hours? And honestly, I started to enjoy that flight so much. I'd be like, it's time to get off already, but I have another movie to watch. And then I was going to do, it's like you have just a whole day to yourself, you know? But, um but that's because I always would get to fly first class. I mean, I know if you're in coach, you're like, the fuck? You know, so privy. But it was part of my deal in the comedy festivals. It's like, you want an American to come? You fly them first class. Okay. Um, 
Yes, Singapore Airlines took delivery of the Airbus ultra-long-range aircraft to start a non-stop service to New York, a journey of about 19 hours that will become the world's longest. The first commercial flight between Singapore and Newark International Airport will be on October 11th. This is the first of the seven blah-blah the carrier has on firm order. Reviving the route that the Singapore flag carrier scrapped more than four years ago will help the airline fill a gap in its United States network that has benefited rivals, including Qantas and Cathay Pacific. Singapore Airlines' new service, which will overtake Qantas Airways' Doha-Auckland route as the world's longest, will officially offer three flights in the first week, increasing to daily. The, they're using the aircraft for nonstop services to Los Angeles. Okay, It's capable of flying about 20 hours nonstop. The flight to New York will cover a distance of about 16,700 kilometers. The aircraft is configured in a two-class layout with 67 business class seats and 94 premium economy seats. Oh, it's just a smaller plane. I mean, that's not many people. And it sounds like everyone's got a good seat. There are no bad seats. Just bad blood clots from being in the air that long. It's a... Uh, with the main change over the standard aircraft being its modified fuel system... This will help the plane carry 165,000 liters of fuel. Oh, I guess that makes sense. They're like, but we can have one person on the plane and they can only have a carry-on. <laughs> oh. oh, God, I love it. Um, so, yeah, how about you guys? Would you ra- do you, Would you rather stop... Or would you rather just get it all over in one flight? Let me know. Let's talk about that. Let's guys, let's start talking about things again. Um, I seem fun at gmail.com. I'd love to know your thoughts on that. And uh, what else do we have here? What else can I talk to you about? I mean, I guess because I'm recording that early. Um, hmm. Yeah, not that. What? Oh, wow. Why was that in here? That's so weird. In my listener email, like, you know, folder, there was a reservation from a hotel from two years ago. Why would I even still have that? Guys, I don't think you realize how crazy that is. Oh, God. What is wrong with me? What do you think is wrong with me? Um... But I was trying to think of like, ooh, I like this one. Now, these are from years ago. Uh, I guess I can talk to you about other things. I guess I can talk to you about other things, right? Do I have my own thoughts in my head? I'm not sure if I do, to be quite honest with you guys. To be quite honest with you, I'm not sure if I have my own thoughts in my head today. It's just one of those fucking days where I'm like, what do I think of this? What do I think of that? I don't fucking know. Well, I was going to get into this longer thing. I still just, uh, well, I guess I'll talk about it now that I'm not in New York. Those Proud Boys, that Gavin McGinnis guy, like that guy is such a creep. Like he was always shit. He started Vice Magazine and I had some friends who knew him and they'd be like, oh, he's cool. He's just kind of like old school and kind of weird. And, and everyone would be like, but he has a wife and kids. But he'd be like, I don't think, you know, a little boy should be raised by lesbians. They need a man and a woman. And he had all these like kind of antiquated ideas and no science to back it up, just his opinion. And it was like, 
he, I don't remember exactly when he started coming after me online, but he did. But it was like, you know, a quick comment he made and then his people came after me. It was either something about Louis C.K. or it was about my book about not wanting kids. And I was like, this guy is dangerous. And I was telling everyone, I'm like, don't even entertain this guy for one second. And everyone was like, no, it's fine. And then he starts this Proud Boys thing. And he's like basically a neo-Nazi now. So, you know, I'm just saying, believe women, everybody. We've always been on the front lines of harassment. So we can tell you like, hey, this person's probably a pile of shit. Um, I know you guys think they're just quaint and have some weird ideas, but if they get, those are the people that as they get older, they don't get more open-minded. They get radicalized. And it's happening to a lot of, well, I'll put it in quotes, comedians I know, or people that could have been comedians if they, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying, just here's the deal. I don't know what happened in this midterm election. I think that's why I feel like I don't even know what else to say on this podcast because I don't know what happened yesterday, but here's what I'm going to say to everybody. I don't even, (laughs) I had no advice. I had no advice. I'm just, I'm tired. I'm tired of men getting radicalized. It breaks my heart. If they would only stop, then they wouldn't be. Does that make sense? If they would only just calm down, nobody's trying to take your things. Nobody's trying to take anything from you. We can all live in one big, peaceful, harmonious thing. If not only just in the I seem fun Facebook group. Maybe that's the only place that can exist. I don't know. I feel like I really let you guys down this episode. Like I was, I'm PMS. Well, I mean, that's just what you're going to get. And that's who I am this week. And that's okay. Until next week, have fun.